Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Uh, This is Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor at the Grove Church, and I am joined yet again by Mark Freeman, executive pastor at uh, the Grove Church. How you doing, man? It's good. So we've been talking about discipleship, and we spent some time last time just talking about really what does that word even mean, kind of in a other context. I mean, it just really has something to do with being a learner, uh, modeling after someone, your teaching style, your fighting style, your sport style, whatever that they teach me. And so I, I mimic them. And then in a Christian context, it's essentially then that I am becoming like Jesus. And then we looked at Matthew 28, 18 to 20, and I'll just read it again. Uh, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So the two key pieces that we kind of drew out of that was, one, the baptizing, that this is someone who has had a been transformed by the gospel, but then that they obey everything that Jesus has commanded, which can be a little overwhelming. And then you said something really cool that I liked when we are talking about discipleship, that, you know, like if I'm, if I'm learning how to be a coach, you know, they have this coach that mentors me and I'm a, I'm a, I'm his disciple. I'm his assistant for a little while. And then I get a head coaching job. And so it really has to do with one person mentoring another person. And sometimes in Christian context, we talk about discipleship. We think about it exclusively in those terms, mm. one person mentoring another person, as opposed to being disciple, being a disciple of Jesus. I'm this person's disciple. So the question then that we're going to kind of address today is, is that, is that essential? Like, I want to be a disciple. Do I need a mentor? And so I want to start, maybe just kind of, maybe start today just kind of with some stories. Um, who, who's the first person that kind of shared this concept with you? Just even this idea of being a disciple, making disciples, who kind of shared this great commission passage. Tell me, tell me that story. Yeah, it was a guy named Tim that uh, was a part of a college ministry and uh, got got my name passed to him from somebody like, you should, you know, reach out to this guy. He calls me out of the blue, offers me lunch. That's a good offer. When you're, yeah, were you when a you're freshman, in college, were you a freshman? Oh, I was a sophomore and I just, uh, no, I was a junior and I just, just got married that summer. And uh, man, if somebody's going to, honestly, I, I knew he had something to do with church something and he was going to buy my lunch. I was like, man, I'm in. So over some really, really bad Chinese food, um, he, uh, but you know, it's, it was good. It was, but better, Chinese be, buffet. Better than and, nothing uh, when you're a starving exactly. married college student. Um, you know, he started to ask me some really uh, challenging questions. You know, I had been around uh, church for a long time, but it was always Sunday morning or some setting where the question of, of true obedience was never really asked. And he started to ask some of those questions. And I remember giving the answers that I knew, I knew enough uh, to answer the questions well. And so I, I gave him the answers that he wanted and or that I perceived that he wanted. But then, um, I, to be honest, man, I walked away and it would not let go of my heart that um, I didn't really in my core and what I knew about my life didn't match up with the, with the answers that I was giving and I just got this hunger, like when he, when he called the next time and wanted to, to hang out again, I, I really wanted to do that. And, um, and sure enough, he showed up with more, more questions and real early on, um, one of the big things that showed up is that I had never really taken the things 
this this gospel of Jesus and had never really shared it with anybody other than in Bible studies and things like that, but never never really gone and talked to someone who I knew wasn't aware of those those truths and shared them. And um, and so he invited me to go on campus and um, follow him as he did that, which was pretty scary. But he sat down at a table with a guy and many that he'd never met before, and they started talking. And by the time he finished, he had told him the story of Jesus. And the guy said, thank you. And I thought, man, that's incredible because I always pictured that being really awkward and it wasn't awkward and, um, and that the person would be mad. But this person was actually really, really thankful that we had shared it with him. But, uh, but, but uh, Tim threw me for a loop because then he said, now, now it's your turn that, that very first day, <laughs> um, nice. which, which was totally right on his end. I mean, I'd given him the impression that this was a part of my life, but the truth was that it, it hadn't been a part of my life and it was really scary. And uh, I tried to do what he had done with no training of any kind, you know, just, um, and it was a real awkward transition from normal talk to talk about Jesus. And I I had a big, massive Bible in my hands and, uh, and the guy that I remember. Hard, 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 (laughs) hardback. Oh, it was huge. The leather, the, the big, the big thick leather. I think, yeah, I think it was one of those graduation presents, you know, um, kill a man with that thing. Exactly. And, um, I remember the guy was a basketball player. And, uh, he, it was in the middle of the day and he looked, he actually looked down at that Bible in my hands. And the minute I started to try to say something about Jesus and he just got up and said, I got to go to practice and just walked off. And I remember getting in the car that day thinking, um, and that, that was awkward and it, and it was weird, but who is ever going to tell this, this guy about Jesus? I mean, if I hadn't started that conversation, who else is going to, if I'm not doing it, you know? Hmm. What other person that I went to church with growing up was doing it? None. I didn't know anybody except this Tim guy. And evidently he knew how to do this. And I knew that it was something that Jesus wanted. I mean, this gospel had transformed my life. He wanted me to talk to others about it. So it really, uh, that, that started it for me because then I started to also look at my understanding of how to study the Bible and what my prayer life looked like. And what my fellowship with other believers looked like. And they were all in deficit, <laughs> mm. you know? Um, but that was the one that was totally non-existent, that sharing of the gospel with anybody else. And um, so, yeah, so then uh, Tim started to invite me to, in those other areas, we would study the Bible together. We began to memorize scripture, which is a practice I had never done before. We um, started to pray for my dorm in particular and for other countries of the world, you know? Um I never even thought about that. Right. So would you say, like, if you were going to use this word, it's like, man, Tim, Tim discipled me. Would you, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think so. I, th- I think he took those, those commands, revealed them to me, helped me see them and gave me a model of, Hey, this is what it would look like to follow them. And so, um, yeah, that moved me from the place that where he met me to a whole different place. In fact, you know, talking about baptism, it's really interesting. I got very convicted to, to, to be baptized because that's something that hadn't happened in my life. And if I was going to obey that first step of obedience, all of a sudden was just this, this thing I needed to go do. And I, and it wouldn't let go of me. That's really, that's really cool. I mean, cause that thing that you said, um, if you, if you happen to catch our last podcast that Matthew 28 says, teaching them to obey. It's not teaching, teaching them the commandments, which apparently you you feel like you probably had a really good handle on. I knew, I knew what the, I knew what the Bible said, but he taught me how to obey them by showing me, by, by, by taking me with him 
by encouraging me. That's really cool. Well, I feel like I could tell my story and it would essentially be the same story, except the guy's name's not Tim, but the guy's name's Steve. Everybody called him Shad. I was a freshman. I was a freshman in college and I had all but given up on church. I'd grown up going to church. I mean, we were there 15, 20 hours a week. It was, and I would have said I enjoyed it until I got to college and went to a church very similar to the one that I grew up in. Everything was the same. And I realized, wait, this is terrible. I hate it. And I was making a lot of what I like to call freshmanish decisions, <laughs> leading a very freshman-y kind of life. And um, I'd all but given up. And I said I was going to give church one more chance. And I found a, actually this brand new church plant. Um, I found them in the Yellow Pages. That's how old I am. That's how you found churches was through the Yellow Pages. And I got there and it was a pretty cool church. I liked it. The the The, the music was very different than anything I'd ever heard. The, the teaching was very different and the people seemed friendly. And this lady that was sitting next to me found out I was a college student and um, went and grabbed this other guy from the other side of the room and brought him over there to me and he asked who I was, where I was living, all these things. And turned out he he goes, well, you know, um, you know, my name's Shad and I'm leading a Bible study in, um, in your dorm next semester. Would you be interested? Which I don't, I don't know how you grew up, bro, but there's only one, yes. there's only one right answer to that question. I do, I, I, I do not, I do not want to come to your Bible study, but I cannot say that in this one. Yes, of course I am. So he took my name and number and he called me, but uh, this was in November. He called me in January on Super Bowl Sunday, which was one of the most awkward things ever during the Super Bowl. I don't know if it's because then he knew I would be in my room or he just had zero <laughs> clue that the Super Bowl was going on. Um, I'm still friends with him and he denies that part of the story, but I trust my memory way over his. Anyways, <laughs> so I go down to meet with him He meet down in the lobby and he pulls out this little drawing and and talks about these verses and kind of puts the spectrum between someone who's not a believer, someone who's just a believer, someone who is a disciple, and someone who is a disciple maker. And he asked me to put myself on this chart. And it's kind of one of those interesting things for a guy with with my brain and my background. It's like I could I had to I had to be pretty good. I had to be pretty good on his chart, but I couldn't be like all the way on the the best side of his chart. So you got to you got to pick just the right spot. So I picked just on the other side of disciple. That just felt that just felt like this. I think that's probably the the best rationale that I had. I was like I just I just I, I want you to know that I that I I know some stuff and I'm I'm really into this, but I'm not I'm not, I'm not necessarily everywhere I need to be. Even though, I mean, like I said, I mean just 2 or 3 months ago, I had all but given up on God and church and everything. I still was a pretty strong disciple. And then he kind of invited me then into a journey of, of, of growth and to come to this Bible study and essentially started mentoring me and a years long relationship in college and ultimately a, a lifelong friendship kind of been back in the living in the same town with him since the last 10 years or so. And, um, really just kind of opened my eyes again, eventually, not in that moment. I wouldn't say my eyes got opened at all in that moment. In that moment, it was, I've got it all figured out and I've got to impress you and I got to get back to the Super Bowl. But I would say over the course of the next six months, really opened up my eyes to really a different perspective on what Christian life was supposed to be. I think, I think growing up for me, it would have been church attendance and relative morality. That's what God wanted. God wanted me there on Sunday, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, and he wanted me to avoid the worst of the sins, which in our context was anything sexual, 
anything related to alcohol or cigarettes or anything like that. And if you could avoid those things and come to church, that was that was really the end game. It didn't end in the sense you could ever stop, but that that was it. You had arrived at that point. <laughs> yeah, that was the pinnacle. There were certainly there were certainly no no challenge to discipleship, whatever whatever that was. Mm. And I remember ultimately over the next few months being really compelled by there being more to what I had been I'd been told, and that I feel like I had been sold short really on what on what God really wanted for me. And again, it kind of began a, a journey for me throughout my my time in college. And dot dot dot. Oh my word! Thirty years later, you are old man. Thirty years later, thirty thirty and one house. January of of nineteen ninety one is when he shared that illustration with me. Um, kind of kind of been on that path for a while and trying to help other people with it and. And so you and I both really kind of our experience with discipleship has to do with an older guy kind of intentionally reaching out to us to then mentor us and hopefully doing a good job of pointing us to being a disciple of Jesus, not just simply their disciple. Mm. But it involved someone further down the road, both age-wise and maturity-wise, reaching out to us and then mentoring us over a period of time, which leads to this question. Is is that it? Do I, if someone is listening to this and they are being compelled over the last couple of sessions to think, man, I want more than just simple church attendance and relative morality, but I want to be a disciple. I want to be who God really has called me to be. I want to, I want to know his commandments and follow them. I want to show my love for him that way. John 14, which we looked at last. I want to, I want to do what he's called me to in Matthew 28. So I know I'm not, you're not supposed to ask yes, no questions, but I'm doing it anyway. Do I need a mentor? Uh, need or require? Mm, ooh, 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 ooh. See, I'm asking, mm, answering your question mm, with a question. Mm, mm. I'm just going to mm until you answer it. Yeah. I mean, if you were, you know, on an island and there were, I mean, let's be honest, if you were on, a, on an island with no one else there, you would have a hard time practicing most of these commands because they're so driven by right. relationships with one another. Um, but would it be possible to to learn them and to begin to try to orient your life around them. I think, I mean, I think you, you could, but the question would be, you know, for both of us, um, you know, Tim, you, you, you asked in the last podcast about, um, you know, how do you transfer this thing that happened so long ago and what Jesus's life looked like and then, and then move it into our context. And I mean, that's what Tim did for me. He took those commands and then provided some kind of model for me of, hey, this is what it would look like to obey um, in each one of those areas and each one of those commands. Hey, this is, you know, in the flesh with real life and in our setting, this is what it looks like to obey. Could could I have gotten there? Could, could a person get there without that? I mean, I think um, I mean, I think it's possible. But man, you're talking about helpful, um, helpful to have somebody to help, you know, and define more clearly what it looks like. I was thinking about this the other day with uh, working out. I, uh, I've always been somebody who just was like, man, I, I don't know why people need trainers. I don't want a trainer. I want to, I want to do this thing by myself. Right. And um, we got this crazy program uh, that goes with our um, fitness equipment that, that has a trainer, has videos of these trainers and they like walk you through it. Do you have a Peloton? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. It's the off market version. Gotcha. Of yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Aldi, Aldi uh, Peloton. <laughs> but, and I, I was just, the first time I turned that on, this, this guy was running the steps at the Rolls Bowl 
And um, there was this leaderboard where you, you saw like these other people and it pressed me mm. to work out harder than I've worked out in years. In fact, when I, when I finished, um, I was like, like shaken, like I, I pushed myself beyond my normal limit. Oh, wow. And why? Because now all of a sudden this guy was pressing me and there were these other people and I wasn't alone. And, um, and I realized, man, maybe, maybe I thought I was pushing myself before, but there was no one there to challenge me. And I was okay with this, this certain level. That's and good. so there is just something when somebody steps in just like that and begins to, to challenge and model, we just get better and go to a, a new, a new place. To me, I think it strikes me when people say, you know, I don't have to go to church to be a good Christian. And then somebody will ask me, do you think that you have to go to church in order to be a good Christian? And I like, I want to answer that what feels like the right way. It's theoretically possible. It is theoretically possible to be a growing Christian and not be connected to a local church. It is theoretically possible. I just can't come up with any good examples. (laughs) Mm. I just don't know anybody. It's like theoretically possible. Like, could I get from someone who just understands the gospel and, and become a disciple on my own. I guess it's theoretically possible. I, I don't know if I know of any real examples of it. And I think even the examples that if people would say, no, nah, I mean, like there's some people who have grown in their relationship with God or Christ and become really, you know, committed followers, disciples, but have never had a, an intentional one-on-one mentor they probably don't realize how much people have been mentoring them. I don't really have a mentor. I just listen to this one guy's podcast every week. I'm just, I just listen to this sermon every week. I just read every book that this guy writes. I mean, you're, most people are being discipled either one-on-one over lunch or some sort of virtual way. I mean, somebody's got to teach you. Mm. I mean, so, you, you, I mean, well, it could just be me and, and God and the Bible. That's really all I need. You know what I say? That, that wasn't enough for Adam. Adam had a perfect relationship with God and said this wasn't good. I mean, what, like you said, these are things were meant to be, most of the commands are community commands. Mm. And so we, we need each other. We really need, for, I, I need someone to show me what this is supposed to look like. Like I said, I think it's theoretically possible, but Im, impractical for like, in whatever season of life I'm in, how do I, how can I be a disciple here? I need someone to tell me. And more than that, I think I need somebody to show me. So if it's important, it's important. Okay. So it's important that I have somebody who can kind of metaphorically hold my hand. So I'm listening to this and possibly I go to the Grove. Maybe I'm going to a different church. Maybe I'm connected to the Grove virtually in some way. And I'm like, man, I really I really need this. Like, he, like well, we've got somebody now. Just imagine somebody. They've listened to the, the the first couple episodes of this particular series, and they're convinced. And I I need somebody. What would you tell what them? What to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing I would say is um, that just I've seen through the years that what you know what Tim did with me, what what Steve did with you, is really rare. It's just it's just rare. And the people that are out there who have had that experience and have a model for it that then they, you know, would help you, a person with, if you stepped up and said, I want you to be, to disciple me, 
you know, what, what even what that would mean and, and having the same definition for that, that's, it's just difficult. Um, so however, you know, one of the things that you just said, you, you probably are being discipled by in a lot of different ways from a lot of different directions. You know, if, um, if you see somebody who, man, they're, they seem like they have a really vibrant walk with Jesus in this area, Mm. getting close to that person, you taking the initiative for your own, instead of the way that you and I were asked the questions, (laughs) you taking the initiative to ask the question, Hey, um, man, I, I noticed that you seem to quote scripture a lot. It sounds like you maybe memorized. Could you, could you teach me about that? What does your practice of scripture memory look like? Um, I, you know, I think there may be multiple people that, that begin to speak into and help model what obedience looks like. Uh, it's incredible if there is one person, I'm just right. saying it's really rare. Yeah. My, my wife will really love what you just said. That's her, that's her thing is that really like, you probably need like five or six different people. Mm. Someone who's one season of life ahead of you in marriage or parenting, somebody, somebody at work, somebody who knows theology, something, mm-hmm. something like that. I just, I, I need to be actively seeking a lot of people to help me in different areas. I can also say on the, on the flip side of that, I mean, it's, it's awesome if there's one person that's, that's speaking in, but uh, uh, a negative I've seen is sometimes you also pick up the, the weaknesses of that person. Right. You know, they don't, they don't get the full picture and they, um, I, I, I've made this mistake in trying to help others. You know, my, my shortcomings, um, sometimes also get passed right. <laughs> or I don't bring as much attention to them because they're a blind spot to me. Um, I don't want to talk about it because I'm not as strong in that area. So, um, so yeah, sometimes it could be problematic. One of the best decisions I made was after college, I was looking for that guy, somebody in my church, somebody to, to do this. And they did, they just weren't there. And I remember reaching out to this guy in my small group. And asking him, hey, man, will you will you do this for me? And he kind of looked at me like I was crazy. He's like, man, here's what I'll do. How about you and I just have lunch? We can just talk about stuff. And because they're staying and, and we got to know each other. He's become one of my best friends of all time. And I knew a lot about the Bible and I knew a lot of theology. And he was just a little bit older than me and was a little bit further down in life and just great character. And if I were to give a name to it, man, I would just call this like kind of like the mutual discipleship society. <laughs> we were discipling each other. And I and I and I think that that that's the importance of small groups and really good friends where you just have relationships, even if you are on a similar level, where we are committed to growing together. There's tons of resources out there, books and podcasts and sermons, lots of ways. I mean, just asking each other good questions, just reading the Bible together. There's lots of things. But I think you have to do it in the context of another person, even if it's not some great mentor that gets dropped down from the sky. I think it is important for us if we are really going to grow in our relationship with God, that it is a there's a there's a partnership that's needed. Mm. Well, Mark, thanks again. That was some good stuff. That's some great stuff. Thanks. Thanks for your wisdom. We're going to be keep talking about discipleship for a couple of more episodes. And again, thanks to everybody for joining us. Encourage you to check us out sometime at thegrovechurch.org. And we'd love to see you either on a Sunday morning or online. Uh, Thanks again for joining us.